welcome back to the Ebby Online podcast. This week, I spoke to a medical doctor called Dr. JB. I had been noticing a trend on social media and in real life of influencers becoming estheticians with very little training. I had also seen people in my own life administering treatments such as fillers and threads, and I wanted to speak to a medical professional about the dangers of such procedures from people who may not have as much training. I had also seen so many cases where people were botched and suffering with things like filler migration and vascular occlusions. My guest, Dr. JB, kindly spoke to me about the risks and how they can be avoided by people seeking out these medical treatments. Dr. JB had been popping up on my For You page on TikTok, so I knew I had to reach out to him to learn more. I'm not judging those who seek to change their appearance with surgeries and fillers, even though I've never had any surgery or fillers myself and everyone loves to say my chest is fake I've had these bad boys since I was 14 I'm homegrown I'm just interested in exposing some of the risks please give my podcast a rating and a follow thank you for listening I hope you enjoy as a professional medical doctor what made you start wanting to warn people about the dangers of cheap filler and non-invasive surgeries I think the industry is so unregulated at the moment. You know, there's more um, regulations setting up a kebab shop at the moment, which actually sounds quite crazy, um, but there actually is. In the in the UK at the moment, there's no clear regulation or beauty regulation for those that can do aesthetics. So my mum, for example, there are some training courses out there who are taking people with, I mean, literally zero medical qualifications or even any prior experience with needles to train them up over a sort of a few month period. I think some some are offering like a six month full round, full face package, taking someone as if they've got come from the street, getting them through these training um, courses and then giving them certificates to inject people's faces. Um, and there's been such a big increase in complications from aesthetic treatments. Because these, I think it's really important to distinguish the difference between beauty and aesthetic treatments. So aesthetic treatments or sort of medical aesthetics, they're invasive treatments that are breaking the skin barrier, you know, either to, you know, cosmetically enhance someone's face or to treat certain conditions. So like under eye loss of volume or jawline definition, nose deformities, there's a whole host of different treatments that we can do to obviously enhance someone's um, facial structure and features. And I think the beauty industry, there has been a big rise in sort of beauticians and non-medical professionals doing this because there's such a huge demand for it. And there's so many people offering the courses that it's a very lucrative industry and everyone was wanting, you know, a piece of the pie. Um, And as a result of that, you know, myself, you know, as a doctor in the industry and also my other colleagues, we've seen, you know, complications you know, serious complications, you know, blockage of blood vessels, you know, filler migration, you know, people who are having this over-distorted look to their faces. So I think, you know, you can kind of think of the complications both in relation to you know, the serious medical aesthetic emergency complications or the more, you know, sort of altering and changing of the beauty standards. Um, I think it's kind of important to sort of distinguish the two because yeah there's there's problems in both areas at the moment. Why do you think it's become so easy to become an aesthetic practitioner because my eyebrow shop that I've been visiting for years has turned into a clinic and I've seen a spike in influencers on social media offering 
filler treatments and becoming aesthetic practitioners. And I just worry about the dangers. I think a lot of people will go to an influencer or a minor celebrity because of who they are and their name and their following and that it's a chance to meet them. And they'll just let them put anything in their face. Is it really lucrative? Because my eyebrow lady was telling me that the woman she owns the shop with, I think she was earning something like £5,000 a week. Wow. Okay. That's, that's good. Um, and yeah, no, there are, there are a lot of celebrity injectors who, like, you know, I think Lauren Goodgood is the immediate one that comes to mind. Yeah, and you're right. That one you were re referencing. In my mind, I just think of her because I saw her turn into a practitioner and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she's done it. There's been a few others that are, that are doing it as well. And the, the problem is, is there's no regulation. So you can go and buy dermal filler online. It's not it's not a prescription only product. So Botox or botulinum toxin um, is a prescription only product. So you do have have to be a medical professional to prescribe it, or have access to someone that can prescribe it for you. But with with the filler side of things, anyone can go on to Google and and buy some dermal filler. You said I'm not, I'm, I'm being, there, there's stories of people injecting themselves. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely madness. Um, and there's people doing, doing these courses. And, and the thing is the, as I said, the regulation side of things as in who can do this, what qualifications you actually need to be able to perform these treatments. There's nothing. And there's, there's stuff kind of going through government at the moment, trying to regulate it. Um, but it's very slow. Um, and I don't know what what's going to you know change to make things faster and and sort of push through the regulations, but you know something needs to happen because these you know these people are seeing these abnormal results on TikTok, Instagram, what have you, all these social media platforms, and just some of the Instagram pages of these practitioners. You like if like if you actually saw the work that they're putting out, I for me that would almost be a bad advertisement for my you know for my clinic, but I think. Some people like the fake look and a lot of the backlash I get on my videos, I get a lot of abuse from people really? who like, yeah, yeah, huge amount. Um, a, lot, a lot of people who are wanting, you know, that fake look appearance and are wanting to look overdone. You know, people are like, you should let people you know, look the way they want. But for me, I, I think that's a really wrong way and wrong way to look. At it. I don't necessarily feel people are you know, getting the message I'm trying to put across. Because, um, you know, it's about patient education and, you know, there's a certain beauty standard, which I think is very warped nowadays. Um, and, you know, I think the practitioners play into a lot of people's insecurities and treating people who, you know, have body dysmorphia, have low self-esteem, mm -hmm. you know, care about, you know, we all like to look good. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's part of life. But when, you know, these treatments are being carried out by, you know, non-medical non-medical professionals, they are not necessarily taking consideration, you know, sort of the mental aspect side of things. So, you know, people who have body dysmorphia or people who have low self-esteem. And it's almost, treat, you know, treating for profit as well. You know, cash is king at the end of the day. You know, if they can inject your face and get you out the door, then they're, then they're winning. Um, and I think you know, the communication style side of things is very different as if you're a medical professional versus if you're not. Um, and I think, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard some horror stories from patients who've been elsewhere, 
who've basically it's been a bit of a um, conveyor belt of patients. <laughs> How easy is it to become an aesthetic practitioner? What's the difference? I'd, obviously, you're a medical doctor that takes years of training, but how easy is it for them to get hold of a certificate? Oh, so easy. Like, as I said, you know, there are courses who are offering training to people who have zero experience. And then they even advertise on the ad saying, no prior experience needed, you know, start your career in aesthetics to be an aesthetics practitioner. And this, this word advanced aesthetic practitioner, I roll my eyes when I see this on people's profiles because it means absolutely nothing. And unfortunately, you know, people, when people see that terminology, practitioner, advanced, they think, you know, these, these people have some degree of medical knowledge or they're experienced in what I do. But, you know, you can go and do a two-day course or a one-day course and then call yourself an aesthetics practitioner. It's um, quite eye-opening. And I don't, I don't think people, you know, if you said to the average person on the street that can be done, I think they'd be horrified. What have been some of the botched problems you've seen some of your clients that have been elsewhere first come to you with? Yeah, so predominantly it's, it's the lips. I think, you know, the lip filler trend has skyrocketed in the last few years, you know, with the likes of the Kardashians driving this force, um, you know, Kylie Jenner, the lip filler, you know, trend is, you know, very, very current. And the Russian lip technique, which I'm sure you've seen me speak about on TikTok, which I absolutely I hate. I think it's very um, an unnatural way to treat someone's lips and it distorts the lip shape considerably. And yeah, so the main complications I see is from lip filler work done elsewhere, lip filler migration, lip lumps, poorly placed filler, cheap products that have been used. And ultimately the anatomy of the lip shape has completely changed and you, ha you have to dissolve it. Um, so that, that is the beauty about you know, dermal fillers, you can dissolve it. Um, and I think also complications where people have been completely overfilled. You know, you, you think of the jawline, cheek and chin filler packages, these Kimmy K packages, <laughs> contour packages. Ugh, God, I hate those words. Um, and yeah, they just look like walking hexagons is how I like to call it. Um, and aesthetics is very artistic. You know, it's treating people by proportions, angles, knowing which areas of the face to treat to give an aesthetically pleasing outcome that's hard to do you know being an artist is you know it's a bit like being a painter you put you line three people up to do a painting you're going to get a very different result from each of those three people it's the same with aesthetics who's behind the needle who's doing it what knowledge do they have and can they artistically transform someone's face most of the time the answer is no <laughs> Why do you think people are going for this whole one size fits all Kim K conveyor belt? You know, you get your cheeks, your nose, your jawline done. And I think Molly May had it a few years ago and she got it removed. Correct. Yeah. So I did a post on of that as well. She, 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 you know, is well known for saying that she went overboard with the fillers and went too much, particularly she had jawline, cheeks, chin, lips done and dissolved it to have a much more natural looking appearance. That's a really good question. Why, why are people, I, I would say social media. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people are seeing, you know, celebrities looking a certain way and they've had, you know, some of them have had good work done, but you know, then people are trying to do it on the cheap. Um, and I think with social media forcing it and then the practitioners who are offering it cheaply, you know, everyone likes a good deal. You know, no one likes to pay too much for anything. 
but unfortunately should people be paying sorry to cut you off that's all right if they how, want, how much should people be paying because i've seen and I'm someone, I'm, if it's too good to be, it's too good to be true. But it's yeah. like £160 for filler. I think that's a bit cheap. Yeah, I think well, there's no real set price that's appropriate. But I think my main, like, you know, when people say, you know, who shall I go to or how do I know if they're any good? Well, my, my screening method follows a sort of three-step approach. So, you know, are they medically qualified? You know, do they have lots of before and afters that you can look at on their page? And what are their reviews like? I think without those, you know, if you if you follow that approach, trust me, it weans out a lot of people. Um, and you kind of have to go with, you know, the, a practitioner that follows the same ethos of you. You know, a lot of people I get a back, backlash from saying they wouldn't pay money to look like the results that I put out. You know, they look too natural. They look too understated. So it's, I guess there's no, there's, there is no one size fits all. And, Perhaps people want to look, you know, that certain way and follow that cookie cutter style treatment with these package deals. But I think, you know, we are not, we are, we don't all look the same. But at the moment, everyone, every, every girl online seems to be morphing into the same sort of looking being. Do you think it's to do with like Instagram filters and Snapchat filters as well? Do you have people coming in asking to look like their edited photos? Absolutely, yeah. I had a girl not so long ago who showed me a photo of her with a filter and she said, I want to look like this. And I just, you know, your heart stops. You're like, oh God, this is, it's, it's really, you know, heartbreaking to think that people are having their own beauty, you know, viewpoints change because of what they're seeing online and with these filters. And, and these things are not obtainable. It's not achievable to look like that. Um, and I think that's also what's playing into, you know, the sort of mental health issues of people's appearance. Um, and, you know, we can't, I think when people, you know, particularly what I hate about the packages, you know, you, you can never look like someone else. You know, everyone has a very different face shape and structural anatomy and you can look like a better version of yourself, but never like someone else. So trying to emulate, you know, celebrities or, you know, these influences that we see all the time is is not going to happen. What is the new trend where it looks like, I want to call it mummy lips, like Egyptian mummy lips, where there's, is it masking tape that is holding the lips into place whilst they inject? Do you know what yes. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a few practitioners offer that treatment. So yeah, it's involving steri-strips, which are commonly used to hold the lips in place. Um, and it basically... I'm not exactly sure of the, the reasoning behind it, but it's, it's ultimately trying to formulate the lip shape to maintain that sort of structure, increasing the height of the lip and the overall definition. But I think it's one of those, those trends which will quickly come and go. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's quite an abnormal way of doing it, let's put it that way. What is a vascular seclusion and how can it be caused from injecting fillers incorrectly? Oh, I love all these technical questions. Um, so a vascular occlusion is a blockage of a blood vessel in simple terms. So it's when filler is inadvertently injected into a blood vessel. So this would then stop the blood supply to the area that it's, um, you know, giving it to. So let's say it was injected into the lip. It would stop the blood supply to the lip tissue and then the lip tissue is starved of oxygen. Obviously, this can't take place. And the complications typically happen within sort of minutes um, 
of the injection process taking place. And ultimately, if it wasn't caught in time and the filler dissolved, it can leave the, you know, to lead to tissue necrosis, which is, you know, the, the lip tissue dying and could fall off. And I've seen some horror photos um, in the media of lip tissue having fallen off. Oh, God. Other complications that we see quite a lot of is in the nose. Um, and yeah, there's there's been some quite a few horror stories that have been in the media about it. Um, and, you know, things can go wrong, which is, again, reinforces why it's important to go to someone who can, you know, adequately manage complications and, you know, treat it accordingly if, if it did happen. I've seen on online when things do go wrong and they go back to these, I call them like rinky dinky. Um, I don't know what the, what, what another word for it would be like these crooks that, you know, just get involved in the business. Yeah. Um, they're often told like, don't worry about it. It's normal. You'll be fine. And then they go to A&E and they're told it is necrosis and that if they had left it any longer, that things could be bad. What are some of the signs to look out for that you may be botched and may need to seek emergency, uh, emergency treatment from a professional doctor immediately? Yeah, so there are, there's sort of the, there are sort of symptoms and signs which we get from a vascular occlusion, which is the blockage of the blood vessel. So the first one is pain. So it's pain out of proportion of what you may expect from, you know, a post-treatment, um, you know, injection. So it's unrelenting pain that's there at rest. And it's, you know, probably at least a nine or 10 out of 10 in pain. Because um, it's what we call ischemic pain. This is basically where the, the oxygen supply to the area has been blocked. And this is extremely painful. Also, change in the colour of the, of the area. So let's use the lip, for example, the lip would sort of appear white, bluish and discoloured. Um, so pain and loss of, loss of discoloration of the lip tissue is, is the main two symptoms. Um, and the area would start to feel cold because it's you know, reduced blood supply to the area as well. So yeah, pain, um, change in colour and you know, increased um, cold-like sensation to the area as well. Those are the three common ones. What procedures would you say are most dangerous? Because I saw the cat eye trend take off, I would say like last year. And then I, I've even spoken to Ryan Rutledge um, who went on this morning about it because I wanted to have him on to talk about the dangers of it. Yeah. Um, I've seen the pictures and I thought that could be most dangerous, but then I know that there may be other procedures and other areas that you could inject in that could- Absolutely. I think- I think things are more dangerous depending on who's doing it. I think, you know, the the danger of a treatment is is increased when someone's inexperienced or doesn't have any idea what how to properly inject or doesn't how to know, you know, follow the patient's anatomy and, you know, can they deal with things when they go wrong? But, you know, we see a lot about the non-surgical rhinoplasty as being you know, a danger area, but you know, it's it's not dangerous if done by someone who knows what they're doing. Um, the threads as well, I think, you know, we, we there's been a lot of complications, like like you mentioned, the fox eye threads, that seems to slowly be going away. That there was a big increase in that. I don't know if you saw um, with the sort of fox eye appearance, but yeah, I think that these all these procedures are dangerous or have the potential to be dangerous. Um, which is why, again, it needs to be regulated and, you know, have someone who is safe and um, clued up in what they're doing. Are there, is there any type of specific material that you should ask 
your doctor, your practitioner that they are using, like what type of filler? So yeah, it's, you know, as long as the, the filler is CE marked, so it has European, um, you know, certification, and it can be dissolved, then those, those are the two main things that I'd want to know. There's a whole different variety of filler brands out there, some which are cheaper, some which are more expensive. So it's all down to personal preference of the practitioner. But there are a lot of unlicensed fillers being used out there. Um, so yeah, it's it's always good to ask what filler is being used, and, and it's you know you can check online if it's an actually you know regulated industry filler uh, to be used. Which again, you know most you know decent priced places will be using high quality products. So you do question if the if you know the prices are cheaper, you want to know what what could they be using on my face because you know at the end of the day these people you know want to make money. So if the margins are small, they're obviously using a very low low you know, low quality product. Uh, you know, there's, I think it's called Sculptura where they're injecting into the, the backside of people. Is that safe? Oh, the, like the non-surgical BBL? Yes. Is it safe? Again, I'm gonna give the same answer. It depends on who's doing it. I think it's, I think it's quite a dangerous area. Um, there's even there's been a rise in boob filler like breast filler like boob oh, filler right. I'm, like, I'm like this is crazy um and i think we've got to remind ourselves that these these are invasive treatments you are sticking needles into nerves muscles vessels and yeah i just think especially the non-surgical bbl and the, and the breast filler the idea like even as a medical professional i've been a doctor for nearly five years now i wouldn't touch it with a barge pole neither would any of my other colleagues. These are, these should be done by surgical practitioners as in surgeons who are you know, medically trained and are carrying out surgical procedures, not by you know, some non-medic down the road uh, who's done a, a day course in non-surgical BBL, which again, we're, we're seeing a lot of online. What's the worst thing you've seen? Worst thing I've seen? Probably a vascular occlusion of the lip. I, it didn't happen to me, um, but you know, photos that I've seen from a colleague of the lip tissue was basically falling off because it had been delayed so long and she was left scarred, like with part of her lip missing. Um, so yeah, you know, you do see and hear horror stories. Do you think from the responses that you get online that people care about their health and safety or do you feel like some are not taking it seriously enough? I'd say the majority of responses that I get online are very positive. I think it's probably about uh, 80, 90% split for positive versus negative comments. I think a lot of the, the negativity is from people who, who, who like the overdone fake look. You know, if someone like myself is commenting or educating or, you know, commenting quite forcefully about you know their feelings towards certain treatments and techniques then you're gonna not please everyone so I'd only say the negativity comes from people who who don't necessarily agree with my my opinions and we've got to remember this is my opinion like it's not necessarily felt by everyone else and you know each to their own we all, we all like to look different but again I think you know I will always follow the sort of natural ethos of aesthetics and um and we'll continue to educate patients on, on the importance of going to, to the right people for these treatments.
I have noticed that a lot of people are kind of reversing the overdone look. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's kind of going out, but even Kim Kardashian got rid of her massive backside. So did Khloe Kardashian. You had Kylie Jenner remove her lips a few years ago. There seems to be kind of a more, people are more going for a natural, more toned down look. I think Bella Hadid is stunning and I've always wanted to know who her surgeon is. <laughs> I know that she says that she regrets her nose job because it took away from her, her heritage, but I think she looks very beautiful and natural, but I have noticed a kind of reversal. Have people been coming in to, to see you to have things kind of yeah. done? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, they, they are. People, it's, it's people who've gone elsewhere and who've had this, you know, these overfilled lips with the Russian technique or they've had too much filler in, in their jawline. And, they, and a lot of girls have been made to look very masculine due to poor, due to, due to poor product placement. So, yeah, there's been a big move away or, people realizing that actually oh I look that way you know that shouldn't be how I should look and that's and I've seen a lot of that from the videos that I've made online is people you know realizing or you know relating to what what I'm you know talking about both in relation to the filler migration and the overdone look so I think people are opting for a more natural aesthetic and I think with more celebrities you know like Molly May um, and the Kardashians who are sort of altering their appearance to more conservative natural look I think then people are kind of following suit because they you know everyone follows trends on social media and celebrity um celebrity news though so hopefully we'll be um you know seeing that you know driving forward what would you change about the regulations in the UK and what needs to be done what does the government need to do so I think the first thing they should do is um make filler prescription only I think that would cause a lot of issues for for those who can willy-nilly buy filler online or non-medical professionals who are doing it. I think they ne there needs to be at least some degree of medical training or background prior to doing any aesthetics. I think the idea of someone, you know, coming off the street, as in a lay person who's got no previous experience is, is scary. Um, so it's, it's, it's a difficult one because there are, you know, there are some non-medics out there who have oversight from med medical professionals who are very good. I know some personally. So it's very difficult to blanket all non-medics as being, you know, dangerous and having poor practices because, as I said myself, I know some excellent ones, but there are too many. There, there are more unqualified and dangerous non-medics than there are medics. That, that's a given. Um, so I think, you know, whether there, there needs to be sort of a year long medical experience or, you know, where they're using you know, needles in their daily daily practice before doing aesthetics. But, yeah, I think the only way to keep it safe is that. Only the only people that can do these courses are those who have some degree of medical license, so they're reg basically registered with the governing body. So I, as a doctor, am, re am registered with the General Medical Council. There's the General Dental Council, the Nursing and Midwifery Council. There's a pharmaceutical um, governing body as well. So, yeah, I, I think unless the person is, you know, a registered medical professional and, you know, and registered with a licensing body, then I, I feel they shouldn't be allowed to do it. But that, again... I'm giving a very blanket rule how we could make it safer and as to how we could you know let non-medics inject you know I, I still think there is a place for non-medic injectors I'm not entirely sure what 
what regulation would need to be in place. I think every non-medic should have oversight from a medical professional at the bare minimum, um, you know, even either on the premises or within who's directly linked to their, to their clinic. But yeah, what, what do you think? I agree. I have family members that work in the dental industry and I know how, well, obviously like before I was born, they trained and studied, but the study still carries on. And I, we talk about things like turkey teeth all the time and how unregulated that market is. And I know that they can, I think they license to inject Botox or something like that, or use needles and what have you. Yeah. So yeah, the turkey teeth is, is mad. That's, another, that's a whole another story. Um, and yeah, I think dentists, you know, they, they're very manually dexterous. They're doing very intricate needlework all the time. So yeah, dentists uh, definitely can do aesthetics. And as you know, and I think, I think the debate that people have is the fact that, you know, as a doctor, you, you know, you don't learn to do lip filler at university. You don't learn to do aesthetic treatments, but I think it's, it's not necessarily the fact that you don't learn at medical school. It's more the fact that you have an understanding about how to manage patients, both communication with patients, you know, when things go wrong, dealing with complaints and that. I've, I've heard so many stories of you know, patients who've had issues, who've gone back to their, their practitioner with, you know, problems or complications and they get blocked. I've heard that so many times. They just get blocked and completely, they don't engage. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's mad. I think that there should be a database for um, unregulated, like unscrupulous, like practitioners with no integrity that do botch people. Um, but I'm I'm yet to see it. I would love to see that online. Where no, I think there's, there's no, um, and I don't. It's um I don't know when you know things are going to come into play and with the regulation, but it needs to happen soon. Like, does it take someone to like die in the industry to like for something to be come through? But it's at the moment it's been very slow. Unfortunately, it does seem like it has to take a major tragedy for the government to listen. Um, it does. It's, um, it's you know the more the more people are becoming aware of, of the treatments that can be done, and I guess you know goes back to the whole income that can come from it. That's gonna there's going to be a black market for these treatments and there's been so many programs on on online about it and you know going to these unlicensed places and who have poor hygiene controls and carrying out treatments that you know they've probably had a few hours training to do and yeah it's um I certainly wouldn't trust my face with any of those people. Where can people find you online to seek out your medical services and to watch your videos? What are your links? Yeah, so my Instagram and TikTok handles are all the same. So it's at drjb.aesthetics. So that's drjb.aesthetics. Um, and then my website is jbaesthetics.com. Um, so yeah, I, I try and keep up the content on a daily basis depending on what I'm up to. Um, so yeah, it's trying to come up with innovative, interesting and educational videos um, to sort of, you know, keep patients safe and educate pe people about how they can still get these treatments done just as long as they're going to the right people um, and choosing wisely in, in their practitioners. 
thank you for listening to the Ebby Online podcast. Please join me next week, Monday, for a new guest and a new exciting topic. If you enjoy the journalism that I create and the content that I pump out, please support me by rating my podcast on Spotify and iTunes.